Hello and welcome to the International Families Project Podcast. I'm Luisa. Hello, I am Selva. And together we're going to be interviewing six families that have international background. Join us on our journey of exploration of how is it to live in an international family. The motivation for this podcast uh, comes from the fact, as you can hear from our accents, we are international, uh, meaning we live in a different country than where we were born, and we have partners who come from a different country and ours, and we speak several languages at home, and our kids grow up in this international setting, and we suspect, no, we know that that's not just us. There are many of us out there and getting more who are in the same situation. So this curiosity, this uh, a, a story of ours, inspire us to go on this journey of this podcast with uh, six different episodes. And uh, we hope that you enjoy it and get inspired just like we did. Here we are! <laughs> okay. So, we arrived in our last episode of our International Families Project podcast. Welcome, Urso. To our podcast. Hello. International families. Yes, glad to be here. So Orza is actually part of the International Families Project team. Um, she's actually the, the driving force, the originator of the of the project. Uh, but she has not been working on the podcast, so uh, she's working on the book. So you've been interviewing families as well, but then the, the output is different. Yes. Um, but we thought we're gonna take this chance to reflect a bit of on what we've heard in previous episodes and use Orzel as a sounding board, in a sense, and also because Orzel also has an international family background. So um, that's right. Yeah, I don't. Orzel, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself? Yes, um, well, thank you. Um, and I don't know if I'm the driving force. I've been initiating, but I, I feel that we're all all driving this. So um, yes, but I'm really, really glad to um, have this chance to reflect on um, everything that we have been working on in this past year. Um, and also really glad to have the chance to reflect a little bit on my own family life. Because yes, as you say, it's... Um, yeah, it's also an international family. We are an international family. I am um, German. I'm from Germany. I was born and raised in Germany. My parents are both um, from Germany. So um, where's the internationality? Well, my partner is from Cuba and we have two children. And um, yes, and we have um, the aunt living in, um, in Italy, um, Cuban aunt. And um, yeah, so this is my international family. In the process of like working on this project, so and you you've you've been intimately involved in all the interviews for the booklet, um, and now you've heard all the interviews we did for the podcast. Like, is there anything that you um, immediately thought like, oh yeah, totally 
totally I feel the same or is this I mean is there something that you got out of this where you go like oh yeah this is I I, I see that I totally get it and I'm there too yes yes I'm I um especially with the booklet interviews I had a couple of moments that were really um enlightening let's say um because I understood something about my own family dynamics that I had not really understood so well. And let me give me an example. Um, I interviewed one family um, where the husband is from um, Egypt and the mother is from Germany. They are living in Germany, just as we do. Um, and he mentioned it was just a little side note. Um, actually, I think it didn't even make it into the into the story that I later wrote out of it. But but while I was working on it, um, he said something about his own rhythm. And he said, oh, in Germany, everything is always running. You always have to be fast. You always have to produce and be um, on time and, and all of that. And I mean, for him, it was stressful, as, as he said, um, as he yeah told about it. Um, And also he said, um, so he's not as involved in the upbringing of his children as his uh, wife would like him to be. Um, and they have had some, yeah, they have had some conflicts about that, but they also processed it and they, they, they are, um, I mean, they are doing, they are, they are living their life and they are all happy and, and it, it's working out for them. Um, and he said something, um, so my children always have like on Tuesdays they have piano lessons, then they have uh, then they have swimming lessons, then have they have this and this and this, and on Sunday we plan to go to and see the grandma, and I don't work like that. I have a different way of approaching um, life, so to say. Like it's more as as from how I understood it, it's more like okay, um, I'm here, and then we see how the day unfolds kind of yeah like not so many dates and fixed schedules um and he said yeah well if i want to so if i suddenly want to take my kids to i don't know the playground or whatever um i can't because then they have the pen, play, a piano lesson so i need to kind of book time with my children a week in advance i'm not doing that you know <laughs> And it was really interesting to see how such a different um, way of approaching your own life, I guess, which I assume, I mean, I assume it is cultural. Um, probably it's also personal. Um, yeah, but how that really affects the family dynamics. Um, but yeah. did you recognize any of that in your own situation or was it just... Uh... Uh, yes, I recognize it some in my own situation. Um, not that we have had explicitly this this kind of conversation, um, but uh, my partner always says, um, "Let's first finish one thing, let's then do the next thing." And I realized only with time that often what I do is while we are doing one thing, I already announce the next thing so that we can sort of get internally ready and only with time and actually this little hint also from the other family i understood that for him this is really stressful kind of already inwardly preparing for the next while you're still in the now you know 
you know, in Cuba we have an expression that if I translate it to Spanish, no, to English, I would say one day at a time. One day at a time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> one okay. day at a time. I would try to take one hour at a time. <laughs> but okay. <laughs> yes. But also, I'm curious. I'm curious about uh, since, um, as Luisa said, that you have been the idea creator in a way of this project. Because I remember when you came up to me and talked about this idea of uh, having a project of international families. And which I found really interesting. Uh, I assume that you already had some sort of like experiences or ideas or motivation to make this project happen. So can you tell me a little bit about it? What was the motivation for you to start up with this project of international families? <clears throat> this is a good question. What was my motivation? Um, well, I... I think I was a little bit, um, <laughs> in some other project, there's there's this lovely person who always says, in order for to move forward, there has to be a reasonable balance between frustration and hope. You know, without frustration, <laughs> you don't have to do anything, but without hope, you also won't. So <laughs> I think I had a reasonable uh, mixture of uh, frustration with my own situation and a, and a also good uh, well enough uh, yeah case for hope so to say um i was i mean it, it originated in a moment where we were all coming out of corona um and during corona i think i was i felt as probably many people quite socially isolated um and I really wanted to talk to people. I really wanted to also grow my own network of of friends, uh, even, I would say, uh, of contacts. Um, because, well, you know, <laughs> as it goes, when you have children, at least with me, it went like this. Um, all my previous contacts, friends from pre-children time, they, well, they moved out of Berlin or um, somehow we lost contact. And then I tried to meet other people who have children. And I mean, because because of Corona or also because of whatever, I don't know, it didn't really work out that well. I, I mean, I had a couple of contacts and a couple of friends and But I always, I always had this impression of I want more of this international sphere around me. I want it to, for my own kids. I want it for my family because, I mean, we are an international family. And what does this mean? For me, it was also a new situation. I mean, I have lived abroad. I have had international friends always. But, I mean, in a family constellation, it's a different, it's a different constellation. So it was, in a, very, in a way, very much um, motivated also by my personal life. I would say. And then, of course, um, yeah, together with the idea that, I mean, I'm probably not the only one in this situation. Um, and I think we can all learn so much from each other. Um, I mean, to live in a, in a situation where you have uh, different influences from different cultures in your, yeah, in this in intimate sphere that is a family. Um, That must be really interesting to talk about with other people and hear how they live this, how they use this for their own um, 
yeah, life purpose <laughs> or whatever, you know, for the for the benefit of their children. Um, language is just just one of the things that's I think really beneficial that children can can get from growing up in such a environment. Also, if we consider our world that we live in, I mean, we are more and more connected globally. Um, and I think it's important that we are able to communicate with people from other cultures. Maybe we share the same language because so many people speak English now or whatever. You can use a lot of languages, but only the language doesn't necessarily always make for, up for good communication. I mean, there's there's more to understanding each other than, than only the language. Um, yeah, and so I also wanted to learn a little bit about, um, yeah, let's say my hope was that I could understand some cues or something that I could do right as a mother to help my children really develop these competences where I think an international family has this potential for yeah, helping children develop, um, well, intercultural competence maybe you can call it like that um or what what other competences are there you know this is this is always this was also interesting to me um yeah and then hopefully finding some tips and tricks and also passing these on to other people yes. this is interesting because uh i i from the from the podcast interviews i mean what i kind of for me was the take-home message was really that it's not so much about this internationality in in a sense, you know, it's um, I mean, my kind of like, yeah, take home message or like what I've, I feel I learned for myself from all these interviews is really, it's not so much about like, you know, where you come from or like whatever culture you have in background, because it seems like that all the people we interviewed, at least, um, they all met and they all making it work because they all kind of already had the same mindset, wherever they come from, you know, it's a very similar kind of people that find similar kind of people. And I would be now curious, you know, to have kind of similar project where we would be interviewing uh, just, you know, people from the same country, but maybe from, uh, I don't know, rural or urban backgrounds, like, or, you know, or different academic uh, education. I, I think that would be really telling, like, like, is there really that much that the internationality brings into the equation? Or is it just our upbringing in general, like, you know, where we come from, like where, how our families work, you know, because we talk so much, you know, with the families we interviewed, there was always some kind of this, um, this motive that one family has a very uh, quiet background and the other is loud. So either it's like Nordic Southern or just uh, Eastern Western or whatever. I mean, like there's always some kind of like one partner has this like, you know, quiet parents kind of. And the other partner has this like loud, big family and, you know, chaos, you know, and I don't think it's really associated with the country per se. It's just like, it feels funny that it seems to be this, these two people always somehow meet. And I see it in my own, um, you know, my own biography a lot. And it has nothing to do with internationality. It's really just, uh, I think, more like opposites attract somehow or maybe this mindset of like going there and finding just something new that you don't have or I don't know I, I find it really really interesting and I mean for me the, this project was really just a affirmation of like oh we're just all the same it doesn't matter where we come from it's like we all have the same you know the same uh, 
whatever challenges, you know. I think it was in, sorry. I think it was interesting um, <clears throat> when we were writing a little bit of the um, like the concepts, if I can say it like that. Uh, the when Luisa, you talked about the third culture. I think it was interesting because it definitely <clears throat> matched with the result of both the podcast and the booklet because um, I also participated in the booklet and I interviewed a few families and there are some similarities and one is the language like you create a third language which is a mixture of <clears throat> sorry it's a mixture of uh, both the you know the parents different languages and if you live in a third country that also is part of the this third language per se um, there's some sort of things that becomes a third culture which is like getting a little bit of every place these families have been or are living in or the background of the parents, it becomes something unique and that gives the family <clears throat> a unique characteristic. <clears throat> Sorry. It gives a unique characteristic that makes it special. But of course, like it's also like, it doesn't matter where you're from. Like uh, love is love. Uh, we are human beings and there's only one race, the human race. And disregarding race, gender, nationality, religion, and that's a fact. But um, I also think that there it gives some sort of uniqueness in each family. Mm -hmm. And that yeah, I found I very think, interesting. Yeah, I also find this really interesting. Like in a way, working through this project made me realize that okay, maybe my high ambitions are a little bit too high. I mean. They are um, maybe a little bit. Lara, du musst bei leise sein. Es wird aufgenommen. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, maybe. So I realized this. So maybe my high ambitions are a little bit too high. Um, maybe it's just really about those little details. And I mean, to have a partner from abroad means that yes, um, you have a person who's who knows things in a different way than you do. But I mean, even your neighbor knows things in a different way than you do. Um, and still, um, yeah, there are ways of seeing the world that only reveal with time. Like, for example, with the, with the Risen, this, this thing, I would assume probably most Germans have the same rhythm. I, I don't know, anyway. Um, yeah, but yeah, so the skill of listening very well Is, is a skill that is really important anywhere. And I think it's especially important in international families. Um, I, think, I think that you shouldn't say that your ambitions were too high because I like the result, again, looking, looking uh, back to the result, like the international families we have interviewed, the sharing circle, that was a particular interesting result because most of the people that participated in the sharing circle were the children of the international families and 
like for what I perceived is that if that is that many of them were like it's not like oh I've been like in my whole world being so lonely because no one is like me but they found some simil similarities and these were people that they didn't know each other and to create a circle where you know these voices of internationality uh, are heard to create that space has been very positive and that's why we have also experience in the in the podcast with the families and also with the with the booklet uh, i think that people appreciate a lot to be heard but also not to be unique not to be the only one in the planet that is like that is uh, facing either challenges and unique moments and beautiful moments of being, you know, different, having different background. But, you know, creating this platform has been very useful. And that's why, like in my experience with the interviews of the booklet, people say, well, thank you for this, um, um, this moment, it felt like a therapy, like, it was not a therapy by itself, but I think that they really appreciated to be heard. Yes. So in that in that sense, we have done a pretty good job. <laughs> I don't <Yes>. know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's the thing that was so positive, yeah. the whole experience, because it's really you know often like in the media or like in the public domain, there's always this talking about this like you know, internationality problem. There's always some kind of problem associated with it, whether it's, um, you know, you have a partner from a different country, there's some kind of visa issues or whatever. I mean, there's always some kind of problem, you know, but it's not a problem. It's really not a problem. It's like, yeah. it's, it's okay. There are external problems, of course, you know, I mean, I'm not downgrading that. There are all kinds of, you know, immigration laws and whatever, you know, settling in your country, learning new language, whatever. I mean, all kinds of these things, although this settling a new country and learning a new language that would maybe frame rather as challenge than as a problem <laughs> but i mean there are problems definitely but we don't we don't talk enough about all these wonderful opportunities and how much it's really uh, actually enriching our life and i thought that's really um interesting to talk about it you know and a very positive experience and i personally felt really yeah i get it like i'm i'm here in the with people talking to people that understand me, even though we do not don't know each other, um, and that for me personally, that felt really good. And again, I just realized how much of this what I always thought was like a bit unique. It's actually not, you know, it's really not unique. It's just how you see the world, how you how open you are to, you know, to new experiences to other people, and and what you do out of it, you know, because you can have like all this wonderful opportunities of uh you know being from different countries and learning different language whatever but if you see it as something negative then never nothing good comes out of it yeah. you know do is you want to louisa um do you also want to share something about your family and i don't know if you have a situation where you i mean just now you said that um yeah all these things that you thought were so unique but um you found them in the end well everybody shares them do you have some example of that <laughs> yeah and uh, so i'm uh, uh, i'm very mixed uh, background actually so um 
I was uh, born in Poland. I grew up in Sweden and I now live in Germany. And uh, my family is a bit, un- well, not a bit, well, maybe not for that region of the world, not so unique. So um, my, my mom's family is actually partly Jewish from Eastern Poland, partly Russian, partly, partly Belarusian. So it's, it's a like wild mixture of um, nationalities, but this is common for this region of Poland. It's like, it's a, this whole Eastern Poland border is like, it's a very mixed country. It's always been a very troubled region of the world with a lot of uh, wars and so on going on. Uh, but anyways, uh, so, uh, so already my mom grew up like not being really like totally, you know, ethnically Polish and like, you know, had like this kind of, not on paper, but like different kind of upbringing and then uh in sweden we are very mixed family and now i had a german partner i had a portuguese partner (laughs) i have a german partner again but his family again is half turkish and half there's also south africa involved i mean it's it's just the whole world there so anyways um so there's a lot of um those things i have two kids and um and my family is basically from the from the like how we celebrate things or how we interact with each other. It's very mixed Swedish Polish. My first husband used to say, for example, Christmas was the fattest food from the Polish and the Swedish kitchen mixed together. <laughs> like um, it's very mixed. Um, and my kids finally were always saying like, uh, "There's nothing normal about our family." But it's good. <laughs> we have fun. There's always something strange going on. On the other hand, I know other, you know, Polish, Swedish, whatever, German families where there's not as much craziness going on. So I'm also thinking, you know, it's just as personal style of people. You know? Yeah, it's also personalities that come out there. So yeah, no, I mean, uh, this whole like aha moment is really, um, especially. As you mentioned, the sharing circle with the kids, uh, I think it's really, in, that was for me the most uh, interesting uh, episode, actually, talking to us, uh, two kids from the mixed family, because I just recognized my kids so much, uh, like all this, and, and, you know, totally different backgrounds and totally different nationalities. And, you know, I mean, my kids are like totally, you know, European, I mean, mixed European, but like there's no, you know, no other uh non-european influence in a way but still the things i talked about was like really it doesn't matter if it's brazil denmark or you know or uh sweden holland germany it's like it's the same kind of thing that's going on it's basically mom and dad are different and it's somehow mixed but not really and then you can also choose this um nationality you know like which i also do because i'm also from a mixed background in a way you know so sometimes i'm very polish sometimes i'm very swedish sometimes i'm very german you know depends like what suits my needs right now you know Hmm. and uh, having being able to like you know to just um pick and choose that's actually quite nice you know like um how does maybe does it do you feel it gives you um some inner point of reference also like when you say oh now i'm swedish now i'm polish now i'm this and this do you feel you have like a wider variety of to choose from like a bigger repertoire of behavior let's say uh, to be honest it's not really um you know when i say like um let's say i have this thing that i learned from my mom for example that you always when you, you don't eat outside <laughs> you don't buy food outside it's waste of money i don't know it's just something 
So uh, for longest time, I always, also as a teenager, I always had a sandwich with me, you know, like a banana, whatever. Whenever I left the house, I had something to eat with me because you never know. You get hungry and then you what? You're going to buy food? No. You know, you don't <laughs> For some reason, this is kind of like stuck to me. So my kids are also not like my daughter. She's now 22. And uh, yeah, she's running around with a sandwich in her bag, you know. <laughs> and, and she's like, oh, it's so Polish, you know. So this is like, you know, it's not really Polish. It's just like, it's just a thing, you know. Mm-hmm. But of course, you can use this this label, you know. Oh, this is my Polish thing, you know. Um, mm-hmm. or like if you, you know, party wild, I don't know, whatever. Oh, this is my Polish side. Uh, no, it's not. It's just, you know, the personality that's in you, you know, you can have it in any nationality. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it gives me the wider choice of labels to explain my behavior, but it's mm-hmm. not really an explanation. It's not really like, a, you know, mm-hmm. um, but what it does definitely, I mean, because I lived in so many different countries, also in the US, but um, it's really having this uh, perspective on like, uh, yeah, people are people, you know, and every country has its own perks. And uh, yeah, like if you know people uh, bitch about the German administration, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's better in Sweden. Uh, yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, it's worse in US. So <laughs> it's like, you know, I mean, it's really this, this is more like this more relaxed view on like, uh, yeah, but this comes with living different countries, doesn't really have anything with the international background to do, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and like yeah, people, I mean, people do it like this in, in one country, people do it like that, that in another country, I guess, also just to have this relaxedness of knowing that it can be done differently mm-hmm. and everything works in a way i mean whatever it is can be uh, whatever many things how to organize a state um, how to organize a family um yeah but i think this this relaxedness is something that definitely comes with experience of having yeah at least lived in different countries i mean even if mm. you don't have this in, the, in your genetics let's say maybe selva do you also want to say something with, that you took out of the project Um, back to the conversation, uh, you know, how can I say, you know, we were just talking about uh, the benefits of being international family. And I think that, and to add on what uh, Luisa said, I think that these are facts as well. Being like like Europe is also part of this global world and we are more and more international than we actually think. So thinking of the children, the result of these international families, there is something that is I find a tremendous a gift to these children, which is to grow in a bilingual setting. So these children, uh, from zero, they already are familiar with two, three languages at a time. So that's a privilege. That's, that's, and, and, it, and it's more and more and more and more. Uh, I realize how The food is also a part of this international family 
constellation. Very important. Very important. <laughs> Everybody talked about the yes. Food, yeah? yeah, and I I find it really interesting because um my daughter she moved to Sweden, you know. Uh she's she lives there and she studies there and uh she becomes like she's now more Swedish than I ever was, I think. Or maybe I just already forgot, maybe I'm already Germanized somehow, but it's kind of fun to see this like blend of everything and how like you know the place where you live also influences you like the you know she's still a berlin girl so she's cool you know but she's like she's like now you know she's dressing up when she goes out you know and i'm like and she's like oh no that's what we do in sweden <laughs> we dress up when we go <laughs> it's like oh, okay okay uh i i think i never did when i lived in sweden but i was maybe a bit <laughs> different um but yeah it, it's kind of you know you also take on whatever is around you and it influences you so definitely this thing between moving the places and then having this ability to like just adapt you know because you you've seen different things so you don't find it like outrageous and strange to adapt to something new because it's just you know you've had it your whole life you know there are always some different things going on i think that's also one strength that kind of uh, maybe comes with this internationality this uh yeah you've seen different things so nothing like you know you're not so set in the you know it has to be like this or this is the normal thing to do and this is not normal or yeah yeah and how as you said Lisa adapting uh, I think the result of international families let's say the children they are so much easier to adapt to new settings I I see it in my own family with my daughter. I mean, she was three and a half when we went to Cuba and she adapted so quick, so easy. And even when people were like, hey, so, Taina, where are you from? And she was like, de Cuba. And then she came back to Denmark and she was, you know, like totally Danish, looking forward to go to her kindergarten and the language and everything. So... And I also remember some of the interviews uh, I have, uh, like some of the things that the, these families have told me, and it, it also relies on the kids how easier it is for them to adapt. Like whether they go to for holidays to visit the grandparents in a, in one of the parents' country, or if they move to a new place and they start a new life is so much easier for them to adapt because somehow they are used to, you know, being for a period of time in one place and then come back and then go to another place. It's like, I, I, see, I see that. I see that is, and, and then it kind of becomes your personality. As you said, like one day you're Swedish, one day you're, you're German, one day you're Polish and, and you adapt to the situation. It's not like, okay, today I'm choosing, I woke up and I want to be Cuban or I want to be Swedish or no. But you really adapt to the circumstances. And that's, that's really nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I recognize that. Um, and also, what you know what I just thought? Um, this, um, I mean, in, in a way, what you say is like... Um, this third culture, I mean, third culture kids uh, is a term. Um, and previously, it was kind of limited to diplomats. 
I mean, diplomats were always moving around the world. Uh, often they had partners uh, from, yeah, from different countries um, who got together. Um, and the children always had to adapt being in their new environment, wherever that was. Um, and nowadays it's open to so many more people, this uh, experience of living abroad because of the world and how it developed. I mean, you can go and work At least in Europe, it's easy to work anywhere uh, within Europe um, for the for the visa, and also to find a job. Uh, I mean, you can even work online, and you can go to I don't know some African country if you want to, or wherever, and do your job from there because you have the internet. So I think this experience of being international is becoming way more, um, yeah, widespread than it used to be before. But I think it's even, I mean, you know, just seeing all these beautiful opportunities of this, like, you know, being able, like, you know, having European passport, yes, Europe, no problem, you know, I can also probably, I mean, I can go to many, many countries in the world and live there, you know, uh, but, you know, it's not, it's not given, it's not, it's not obvious, it's not like, it might not be like that forever, and it, for me, it's just made us also, like, a bit more clear how uh, the, 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 people we talk with, you know, how many different people from different countries met and love each other and live somewhere and so on. It's like how important it is to really to fight for it, you know, for this right to do that, for to be a global citizen. Because, I mean, it is in danger. Like, if you look at the political situation in the world, it's not, you know, it's not so uh, obvious that it's always going to be like that. You know, we have it now and hopefully it's going to be like that for, you know, but there are things going on that are not... Yes. <laughs> you, know, like, oh, you know, and yeah. um, I and think I, this is like, you know, maybe this army of third culture children will be like a defense <laughs> against xenophobia and, yeah, you know. No, uh, no I, expectations I think, here, kids. There are no expectations. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, but I think it's really, it's super important that we really also, you know, also position ourselves for it, you know, because yeah. it is really I mean, at least children will want, will keep, will keep wanting to be able to visit their grandparents wherever they are. <laughs> yeah, no, but I, I think it's, it's so, so interesting, this topic also, because I think even though the world is becoming more global, more international, in some somehow there is some sort of resistance to this kind of change. And as these kids in the sharing circle, I remember one of them saying, like, yeah, my... My mom or my dad don't remember, but it's from Ukraine. And then the other one is from Denmark. And I've been living in Greece first, then Denmark. And I speak Danish, but I have a slightly accent. And then again, people ask me, where are you from? So there's still some sort of challenges because people uh, assume that nationality is equal to a perfect language, a perfect uh, kind of behavior. And these things are changing. These things are changing. These things are no longer that fixed. Hmm. So if you, as an international kid, want to see yourself from a particular country, it's totally okay disregarding your accent or your skin color or what you eat at home is totally okay. So that's why I also think that 
talking about international families today, 2023, is really important. Because yes, thank you, Selva. Yeah. This is this is uh, really, really true. And I just remember, like, from my own upbringing, there, I mean, my parents were always open to um, other countries and people people from other countries, and they were always interested, and they also went abroad, they traveled a lot. And still, there was some sense of, oh, but yeah, I mean, you have to be able to speak the language correctly. Or like there was always some little trace of, um, how, is it called xenophobia? I don't even know. <laughs> like when you're afraid of foreigners. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. So it, it was in a way present. Like if you hear somebody with an accent and you go like, mm, yeah, like where's this person from? And immediately it's so easy to associate that that person, I don't know, isn't as intelligent, which has nothing to do. You know, I mean, of course, it's it, it's unrelated, but it happens so quickly. And yes, I mean, I really agree that if you are from an international family, most likely you will have you will not have that bias because you grow up with people who speak like that, and it's normal. So, <laughs> why would you think that? <laughs> Yeah. yeah that's actually uh, just one more reflection on my own thing because my kids um i mean they're i mean i speak german i speak german quite well i mean as well you can maybe judge but there are still some little things you do. I, yes I, but there are little things that i'm never gonna get right you know um and there are these articles there are some things and i also have an accent not big, and who cares? Not heavy. you speak it <laughs> yeah but but another thing is um my daughter told me like that um, recently for some reason um, we're talking about she was here over the summer and uh, she told me that yeah it's always so funny you know when we're growing up and you know I would have friends over and and then uh, her friends would be like oh your mom uh, your mom is not German you know and Ida would be like uh, hey <laughs> uh, yeah no she's you know she grew up in Sweden whatever and they're like yeah you can tell by the accent and you know I mean my daughter was like what accent <laughs> for her it was really like this is how mom speaks you know it wasn't like a special accent or anything you know it wasn't um there was nothing weird about it it was just like this is mom's way to speak you know and I found it so interesting like because it's really it's the same thing that I had with my mom in Sweden because she speaks Swedish very well, but also with a Polish accent, you know? And it's like, so me and my sister are like, yeah, but that's how she speaks, you know? It's, we don't hear it, you know? Yeah, it's just, um, yeah, whatever, you know, she speaks. <laughs> we understand, you know? She makes us in Polish words, but we, I mean, I speak Polish, my sister less, but um, we understand that, you know, because this is how mom speaks. <laughs> But also, you know, my, my Swedish dad, I mean, he speaks with a super heavy southern Swedish accent. And uh, there's also this thing of like, sometimes people going like, hey, <laughs> and it's like, no, that's how he speaks, you know, <laughs> but it has nothing to do with the foreign language. It's just like a very heavy dialect, you know, and uh, so I think it's, it's, it's interesting, this thing of like how you view, view people based on the language. And if you grew up with just, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, just with a person that just speaks in a certain way, you just don't hear it as anything special or, you know, it's it's just there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it makes it, if you if you don't have to focus on these things, let's say, you have a better chance to meet people heart for heart 
mm. and to focus on the person and the I don't know the values that the person has possibly that is in front of you instead of kind of getting stuck on yeah superficial things as uh, yeah the accent or the skin color or I don't know the size of the nose whatever the hairstyle <laughs> if you're able to um, yeah take these in and interpret them possibly as some sort of um, yeah experience that this person might have um, but not in a not in a judging way not in a negative way you know I think I mean you also get a lot of life quality because it's so <laughs> it doesn't feel nice if you're judging other people because of this and this and that <laughs> you feel much better if you if you can openly meet somebody I mean <laughs> Um, okay, we are at 51 minutes, so maybe we should um, wrap up slowly. So uh, I'm really glad with this project. I'm very happy. Um, it was a, a, like for me, it was just an add-on, my full-time job. And at times I was like, oh my God. But every time we had this interview, I was like, oh God, I'm so tired and um, I have so much to do. But okay, let's let's do it now. And then I was so happy afterwards because it was always very giving and interesting. And I'm so I'm just and thank you both for like really um, being with me on this project. I'm I'm very happy that I could participate in it. So yeah, it's been thank you, Louisa. Yes, likewise. I can just I can just say the same. Really, like talking to you and also listening to the podcasts, also doing the interviews. It was always really rewarding, really giving. Um, and I mean, also the openness of people to share about their life. I think that's amazing. I mean, uh, especially nowadays when you think of, oh, data protection and whatnot. No, people were like really sharing their experiences. And that's awesome. And oh, I wanted to mention for our listeners, this, the sharing circle. Um, so what we did was we um, held, uh, we offered an online space for people to get in conversation with each other. And that was the sharing circle, which... We did. Um, we are going to do one more, hopefully after all these podcasts are live. So if you listen to this and it's before the 23rd of September 2023, <laughs> then you can still join. And otherwise, you can drop us um, an email, um, which you find on our website. And who knows, maybe we will repeat it um, Yes. I wanted to say thank you so much to both of you. I think it has been an interesting experience. I still have a dream. And I think <laughs> I think there's so much room um, to dig in. There's so much more with this, this international families constellation. I think it has been amazing. Uh, and the more I know, the more I want to know. So thank you so much. Thank you to all of you and to the others that are not part of the podcast, but they are part of the project for this amazing opportunity. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll listen to the whole series. The podcast is part of the International Families Project. The International Families Project was founded by the European Union under the Erasmus Plus funding scheme. You can find out more about the project at hostingtransformation.eu slash project slash international minus families. 
If you have any comments or would like to contact us, please write us an email to internationalfamilies2023 at gmail.com. You can find the web address of the project and the contact details also in the show notes. All the best. Bye. Bye.